Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> Come on in. Welcome, welcome. The slow road to better. Why do we do the slow road to better? Well, we've been lucky where we can talk about it to our our friends, people here at the Stroke Comeback Center, but now then we can tell more people across the world to learn about it. What is the it that we're talking about? Aphasia. Stroke yeah. survivors. Mm-hmm. TBI people. Life moves on. Inspiration. Help listeners. That our inspiration of a bridge of hope. I love it. Trying to help each other a lifeline. Part of it also is we started doing it. It's not because we just wanted to tell everyone to see what happened to us. But also we wanted to get better talking ourselves oh, with the phaser. Sure. And we wanted to one day, it's not going to, the phaser's not leaving it, but we'd like to crush it a little bit. Let's listen in. Listen in. How is everybody? Wonderful. How was everybody's weekend? <laughs> Fantastic. No, it was really pretty crappy. No, why, why? why was why? your weekend crappy? Because it rained a lot. Yeah. 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 It did but the capsule was Oh one. my god. Yeah, that was beautiful. I mean. Awesome. Sorry. It's alright. I'll just turn you down. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can do that. Okay, well, today we have a very, very special guest. Woohoo! Yay, Marty! I would like to officially welcome one Ms. Marty Carroll, who is a friend of mine from my MedStar National Rehabilitation Hospital days. And now she has a new official title, which is what, Miss Marty? I uh, work at Marymount University in the physical therapy program there. And I actually have two titles. One is Director of Clinical Education, and the other one is Assistant Professor of Physical Therapy. Yeah, what's up? Um, congratulations, but you need to slow, you need to talk slowly for people like me. All right, so if Marty is going too fast, please remind her to slow down. (laughs) I'm from New Jersey, so I can't (laughs) help it. All right, so Marty, we really, really appreciate that you are here with us today. Um, And it is by request of our podcast group that they wanted to have a physical therapist to talk to and to ask questions. So what I'm going to do is turn the podcast over to them and... Whoever has a question can start. Yeah, w- your background, what's your, I mean, Marymount is your home. What's, meets your, Melissa, mm-hmm. what's your background? Good question. I um, started working at National Rehab Hospital where I met Melissa in the late 80s when the hospital first opened. And I had just gotten out of physical therapy school And I became interested in working with people who had had um, strokes and brain injuries of all different types. And that's how I met Melissa. So I've been practicing for over 30 years now. And I I still work at NRH on the weekends and sometimes during the week. And Hmm. that has been the focus of my practice is neurology. Um, I also have some more recent experience 
working with children, both at the hospital and um, in Romania. I, I work with a, an organization called Romanian Christian Enterprises, and we work to um, get disabled orphan children out of the state orphanage system and into the recuperative homes that we have wow. where we rehabilitate them with the end goal being to get them adopted into families in Romania. Good for you. Yeah, so that's been neat, too, that I've been working on that the past several years. You're a Ph.D. or master's or...? I have a bachelor's degree in physical therapy and a master's degree in education uh, and then a, a transitional doctorate in physical therapy. So it's, it's not a Ph.D., it's a clinical doctorate. And what is that? Just wondering. It's a, it basically upgraded my bachelor's degree, oh, okay. if you will, to a doctoral level, right. because now the only degree that you can get in physical therapy is a clinical doctorate or a DPT. Hmm. You know, so they did that for all the old farts. Yeah, they d- exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. Wow. So it's another so way to put it. I say that because yeah. I'm an old fart. Yeah. So for me, you told me you do um, you have... Um, can't remember words. I'm terrible with words, but uh, neurology. Uh-huh. So, what do you do for that? What does that mean? So, so uh, my, I, since I work in a rehabilitation hospital, I help rehabilitate people uh, that have neurological issues, and that could be brain injury, it could be stroke, it could be Parkinson's disease, it could be spinal cord injury. So, is that? PT or OT? Physical therapy, yes. That's what I do. But I work very closely with occupational therapists and speech pathologists as we rehabilitate patients. We do it together. It's kind of a team. Do you um, get um, also what the PTOT and everything also for like uh, Botox? People have Botox? Sometimes we have patients that have Botox, yeah. And we also do um, serial casting for people, um, which is another way to manage muscle muscle tone. Um, and, and Botox injections are usually are given by physicians, but yeah. we will we'll work with them to... I've been doing that for like 10 years. Yeah. So. Really? Yes, yeah, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find it oh. helpful? Botox? Mm-hmm. I'm still looking good. Not a wrinkle yeah. on you. Yeah. No. <laughs> so Absolutely. It is it is for me if I didn't, because I did it like uh, a week ago. I would my arm would just be up, and it would my arm would close. Yeah, and it would just stay there. It would be really stiff. Yeah. Yep. But yep. what it is, it, I guess it dies, <laughs> and then it relaxes. It helps it relax. Yeah. Yeah. The Botox so, does. But then I can practice in doing OT yeah. stuff and yeah, a little bit on my the one thing is on my my foot. Is the um, what are they called the toe? The toes. The toes, and it sits up like this. So and it's it a little bit curled. curled it wants up. to, yeah. so that's why I get the uh, Botox. It curls there. up or yeah. under. Up. Ah. It uh, curls up. It wants like towards to. the top of your shoe. Yeah. Wow. Ah. Ow. What? So that's why I did it. I could show my shoes for you guys, but it, no. When I went, trust me. When I went skiing, <laughs> the first first uh like three hours or whatever i took off the the shoe what's it called the boot, sh- boot. the boot, Ski yeah. boot yeah and my and my uh the big toe, toe was just black wow because oh, <laughs> it was God. pressing up into the yeah boot. and i can't really feel it hmm. 
So mm-hmm. then the guy, you know, um, the guy was wow. like, uh, I know Jerry has sort of the opposite problem with his toes in that they curl under. And I've only, I only heard that because he was having a whole conversation with Benita about that. So his tone makes his toes curl under. So when he walks, it's like he's walking on his toes. It was yeah. quite an enlightening oh. conversation yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, it all sounded. What do you do for that? You Marty? see, you see that you see toe yeah. curling more often than you see a toe going into extension, oh like yours is. Um, Relax over there. Sometimes, <laughs> sorry, but an orthotic can help manage that. So we'll put. Uh, if you have an orthotic, make sure. And, and this is more when the patient's acute. You know, in the hospital, have a full foot plate brace. So the brace comes all the way out underneath the toes. And sometimes you can put a little buildup underneath the ball of the foot to kind of help mm-hmm. those toes relax. Um, or Botox, other kinds of medication to help Back manage the tone. Yeah, but it can be kind of painful. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So I do Botox only winter, which is because my arm gets so cold during the summer, it's fine. But during the winter, it's so bad. And so I need to have that. And then everything is fine in the winter. It's, for me, it's, it's kind of, it's like what uh, one time Chris was like, why am I wearing the, uh, I can't say the word, the shirt. Long sleeves. Long shirt. Yeah. Because my whole right side especially the my uh, arm is just frozen. Mm. You are an old fart. Yes. Technical term. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. Oh, we're Thank you. For that, don't you? <laughs> awesome. You're uh, experienced uh, the evolving technology. Uh-huh. What's the best the stroke community Good question. I mean, there's a lot of, um, some of you guys use the Bioness, functional electrical stimulation. Uh, the Bioness is definitely an advancement in terms in the technology world for people that have had um, neurological um, in, in varks, strokes and brain injuries. And that came out in about 2006, 2007, the Bioness did, the lower extremity device. Um, and there's another one that's similar called the WalkAid that's made by a different company. I don't know as much about that one. But what is la- it? The WalkAid, okay. it's called. The latest, uh, it seems like this area of technology in rehab is booming, is body weight support systems. You know, the tracks that you see in the ceilings yep. in, the, in hospitals and, and even some outpatient clinics where you put the person in a harness. Yep. Um, and this is for people that are just starting to walk mm. or that we need to work with um, uh-huh. uh, and break down the, the walking pattern and work on different um, parts of it when somebody's walking. It's helpful to have them in that harness. And the, the, the technology there has advanced exponentially, even just over the past few years, in terms really? of what those systems can do. Yeah. How, I got a question. How would, that, how would that work? Because if you had a stroke or like a, a TBI or whatever, your, your right leg, or could be the left leg, but it's, 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 it's brain is not working together. So it would be a lot harder to... You'd have to have like two people helping you walking, mm-hmm. and this is why the 
these body weight support systems were developed because it's like giving the therapist an extra set of hands, right? So the, the, the person is in a harness attached to a cord that goes up to the ceiling. So it's much easier for me to work with somebody by myself if I don't have help, if a person's in a harness versus outside of the harness, then I often, I I might need two sets of hands for somebody that's more involved. Would that be somebody that just had the, uh, what is the word, the stroke or the Mm -hmm. TBI like right away or do you wait like a year? Yeah, no, it's used more acutely. So more earlier on in the rehab process. They they tried to do it when I, uh, when I was in Chicago in in, uh, the summer of 2007 that's like two months after I got hurt and they tried to do it and they were mm-hmm. just like you're too messed up so they tried to like twice <laughs> it was a little too early for right. you maybe yeah. right you know, yeah. Though, and yeah. I, I depends have a on the person too had folks here at the center who their their walking is pretty good but they're looking to kind of get to the next step but they're afraid mm-hmm. that when you start to when you run at times you have two feet off the ground at the same time potentially and that fear of falling really limits their ability to sort of push them to the next level Mm -hmm. is it ever used on an outpatient basis or for a way for someone who is looking to really either make their walking faster Mm -hmm. get into running Mm -hmm. in a safe environment because you can you can like go at it and not worry about falling over. Yeah. Right. And, and that the, actually and is true. The, the um, zero G is the system that was invented at NRH that we use there. And that's an, meant to be an overground system. So it's, there's a big track on the ceiling and you, you can walk wherever the track goes. But there are other systems that are meant to be put over treadmills. Like mm. there's one called the light gate that's been around for a very long time. And that's a big frame that also has a harness in it, but you can push that right over the top of a treadmill. You could probably, you could also put a treadmill under the Zero-G or another body weight support system, I'm sure too. There's something else in outpatient that is called the Alter-G. Have you guys ever seen that? What is that? It's a treadmill that has a it has a big apron around it, if you will. It looks like a big block on top of the treadmill, and you actually put oh, on, pull yeah. on these pants kinds of things, I've seen that. and you go yeah. into it, and then it supports your whole body while you're moving. And you can, I, I haven't used it myself, but it's a, a way for, um, and you can adjust how much weight people are bearing through the wow. treadmill if they're recovering from an injury. Wow. It's very adaptable. And so that might be another. Um, you know, piece of technology that can be used too to, for runners to get back into running. Is there running. a way for people to actually access that? I mean, how would how would one of these people who a are great no way at the pool? It's oh. buoyancy yeah. and mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. a that's a good idea. How summertime, mm-hmm. summertime, or yeah. in the why mm-hmm. in the winter. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if someone doesn't have access to a pool, or right. they really want to use these pieces of technology, who are on their slow road to better, mm-hmm. who aren't actively getting mm-hmm. 
reimbursable insurance driven services. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is there a way for any of these? Yeah, but I mean, sometimes, sometimes you can private pay. I mean, there are outpatient clinics that have these devices for sure, especially the Alter G. There are bunches of those in the area. Um, and there used to just be a couple. So it would be a matter of contacting a clinic and mm. hooking up with a therapist. It would okay. be worth looking into. So yeah. that's an option for yeah. people, especially if you're just trying to do it once or twice. That might be something that is not cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, are you only legs or you are, what, I'm just, yeah. and then, or are you all parts? The, the physical therapists were trained to work with all parts of the body, upper and lower extremities, okay. arms and legs. Um, and so we, we do it all. When we work with occupational therapists, um, at least in my practice, they tend to do a little bit more of the upper extremity, the arm, than, than we do. But okay, we can. We're trained to, to work with both. So it's a good Ms. Ashley, it's you look like you're day. itching for another question. Go Sorry. ahead. I love it. Uh, Margie's here. I, I mean, know Margie's here. You <laughs> got to get her while she's here. Exactly. Get here. I know. Uh, talk about the team approach. Mm. It's ho- it's the hospital's approach to the team efforts. Mm-hmm. You're wise. In theory. <laughs> you want me to explain the team process well, or team and maybe approach? Maybe your opinion. This yeah. is something we've discussed. Yes, uh, your opinion. Okay. Now, my opinion is based on my experience in inpatient rehab. So this is acute rehab. So people have their the stroke or brain injury, and after some time in acute care hospital, then they come to us. And that whole team process and those interactions that I have with other disciplines, occupational therapy, speech therapy, psychologists, therapeutic rec specialists, um, case managers, nursing, the physician on the case, is what I love about rehab. It's a a very powerful, uh, um, it's very powerful, just people of, of all different, all different clinical backgrounds coming together to work on common goals that if it's done right are driven by the patients and their caregivers and families depending upon who's involved and it's not about me marty as a physical therapist or melissa as a speech pathologist saying this is what we think you should do ashley it's about ashley what do you want to do what do you need to get back to in your life and to me, that's super exciting so early on when somebody, in some cases, is just waking up, coming out of a coma, or just learning to stand or sit for the first time. And we're talking about, where do you want to go? So I love it, and I'm a big fan of it. And I think um, the last thing I'll say about it is I've learned so much from the other therapists that I've worked with. So one time I went into a patient's room, and Melissa was in the shower helping the patient take a shower. And I said, wait a minute. And that's not typically something a speech pathologist no, would do. That's more outside. I wasn't even saying it, but... Marty, that's how... Let me finish. But the point was... Is that wearing no clothing? No, no, no. She was wearing clothes. Perfect. 
but she needed to see the patient, and they had not gotten ready for their day yet. And she said, okay, let's work on your speeching, speech and your language awesome. while you're in the shower, you know? And so there are, there, the lines are always blurred, you know? If I need to get help somebody get dressed because they're not dressed and they want to be dressed before I, they work with me. And this just happened when I worked on Saturday. I had to help somebody get dressed so that, that they can go out into the therapy area or help them finish their meal, you know, given Melissa's the speech pathologist's instructions about, you know, how they're to swallow oh, and yeah. use their utensils and how many bites and this, that, and the other thing and the consistency of their the food they're eating um so you learn a, you don't learn about that when you go to school for physical therapy you learn about speech language pathology and occupational therapy and psychology and when you are working with those people mm -hmm. as you treat your patients and that's absolutely what i love most about rehab okay how about what have you learned from the patient Mm. I have learned so much from the patient, much more than I learned from Melissa, I hate to tell you. And I've seen many patients over the course of my career. And one thing uh, that I always, always think about when I go into a patient's room, first of all, I've seen people get to points in their recovery that nobody thought they would ever get to, you know. Uh -huh. So you learn very early on to never um, take hope away from somebody. You know, even if they, they, they say they want to climb Mount Everest, fine, let's work towards that. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm not in charge of that. I'm in charge of working closely with you together so we can get as close to your ultimate goal as we can get you to, right? And so, and I've also learned about the resilience of families and caregivers and... And I've seen it all. I mean, some people um, don't have, unfortunately, strong support systems, and that's challenging, but it's neat to see how the, the therapy team and the people in the hospital can come alongside that person and give them the support they need. There are other people who have huge families and caregiver networks, and just to see people rally when someone's down, when the family member's been taken down by a stroke or a brain injury or a tumor or spinal cord injury, and to see that resilience and how people redefine how they manage their lives to accommodate the, the new situation that their, their family member is in is just absolutely incredible. Um, and we see that every single day, which is really neat. Yeah. Randy and Catherine, you guys have been super quiet. Do you guys have any questions for Marty? Uh, my thing is running or things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after having my head redone, is it is that something that is acceptable to run? I mean, even if you feel a little different? It, sure. I mean, it all depends on the person, and, mm -hmm. and it would be good to work with a therapist if you can find one to work with you on high-level activities like that, just to give you some pointers and to analyze your your gait cycle, you know, mm -hmm. your, your running, your walking, to kind of help pick out where there, there might be some weak areas that if you strengthen 
those or or change the length of your stride when you're running or walking mm -hmm. it's going to allow you to do those activities that you want to do more efficiently and mm -hmm. effectively right mm -hmm. so you can get somebody to do kind of a top to bottom analysis of your your running or walking and then develop a program from there but yeah there are, there are plenty of people and mark moore was one, one of them he did a ran a race i think right mm -hmm. he yeah, wrote about yeah. in his book um, I've had several patients over the years that have gotten back to running, or some people that started running and didn't weren't weren't runners before they had their strokes. Okay. Hmm. There are times when I still lose my balance on, yeah. on, on my right side. Mm -hmm. So even when I'm walking, there mm -hmm. are times when I have to catch mm -hmm. that I'm actually moving to the right side, and yeah. mm -hmm. I need to straighten it out a little bit. Yeah. Do you think that's from your vision mm -hmm. too? It is from and your I, field cut. Yeah. That Absolutely. I have a question that's kind of mm -hmm. placed like an hour from L.A. called Casa Colina. Mm -hmm. Twice when I was there, I had a seizure and it was so bad that it was like so bad that they put me back in the, the hospital for mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. And um, you would you know, is it even possible to even realize, like, is that something that, because twice my uh the one lady for pt she went to come see me just to see hello what i was doing because mm -hmm. she's really nice and would that could i be better with p or walking in general or is it just so you never you could that's that's something you could never know over that's been more than 10 years for me um i'm not sure i'm following yeah. you so, so you well, had the seizure you went back into acute care hospital twice, twice. just for a week okay yeah. mm -hmm. is your question would you physically have been better if you didn't have the seizures yeah pretty much but yeah i mean i've gotten better over years but yeah. if i wasn't taking because it's, it's a different whole different thing but they they wanted me to change a different medicine mm -hmm. for no mm -hmm. reason and then they that's why having mm -hmm. these seizures. Mm -hmm. That that's often. I mean, a seizure definitely takes you back, especially if it's a significant one. But but sometimes just temporarily, and then you can get back to where you were before. When you're in the hospital after you have one, it's often because they want to yeah. monitor you and change medications and potentially, you know, um, before they send you back to where you were originally. But. Um, yeah, it all depends on, on the intensity of the seizure, the frequency of it, you know, how often it occurs, and everybody's different in how they respond, yeah. So it's a hard question to yeah. to answer. It's just, yeah, it was like, it was doing good, it was doing pretty good, yeah. but I, I don't know, that's the thing, though, also, is that, like, you just don't, like, you were asking, like, a min uh, 10 minutes ago or whatever, you just don't quit, though. Yeah, you don't no, stop. you don't, I mean, look at you now. You know? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, no, you just awesome. seizures are long ago, you know, and it's a matter of where you are now. Yeah. But it's a good question, and they affect everybody differently. Yeah, I have, but I've having fun, so that's why you keep trying to get better. Yeah. And, and that's what we were talking about before, is like, like you said before, it used to be like two years, and that was about it mm -hmm. with speech and PT and everything. Man, yeah, it's two years. You're giving it used to be six months. Yeah. Yeah, for three months. And as therapists, we would work at a frantic pace just to try to, we got to cram it in. We're coming to the end of the three months, exactly. you know. The oh, door's so going to close. It yeah. is sad. Yeah, but that's what we thought. That's so right? weird. How is that And some possible? people still think that, physicians and, and other medical professionals, which is that's wrong. unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. And yes. this place has blown all kinds of 
speech language numbers right out of the water. I mean, the, the things that, that are done here are just, in my mind, absolutely amazing. I mean, this is cutting edge stuff that you guys do here, you know? Who knew? Who yeah. knew? Who knew? back, Ashley. All right. So with that, I think we should thank Marty very, very much for coming in. I don't know what else was on your busy, busy day. Am Thanks I supposed to say something so to Randy? Yeah. yeah. What? Slow road to better. Oh, okay, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, so thank you, thank you, Marty, um, for coming in. I really appreciate your time and your wisdom um, yes. and all the things that I've learned yes. from you over the years. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love your answers. It's like minds think alike. With that, we're going to wrap it up on this episode of The Slow Road to Better. Our lawyers made us say this. Disclaimers. What about disclaimers? Your opinion, the group opinion is not valid. Well, it is, but it's valid, but I'm having a disclaimer so that we don't get in trouble. Yes. Doctors. Doctors. Who's doctor? Um... They, they. Their doctor. Yes. All right. Yes. So if people hear something on this podcast, you should ask your doctor. Doctor. Amen. <laughs>